Well, if you're new uh, to Portsmouth this morning or if you're visiting, welcome again, everybody who's come, especially for the dedication. As Rachel said, we, we base our sermons each week, each Sunday, uh, on the Bible, and we go through various sections of the Bible, and, and currently we're uh, in the middle of a, a series of, of studies, of, of thinking, reflecting around uh, one of the books that St. Paul wrote, it's in the New Testament, and it's called 1 Corinthians, and uh, today we're in chapter 12, so it's on page 1153. If you wanted to follow it along uh, in a moment or two, that's uh, where you'll find it on the, on the Bibles that are nearby. Uh, 1 Corinthians is a letter that was written to, uh, one of the, uh, to, by Paul, who was one of the early followers of Jesus. He wrote this letter to a, a church community in the Roman world, a very, a very Roman city, uh, actually, although it was in Greece, it was a Roman colony and, and ran very much along the Roman system. And St. Paul is writing to these believers, wanting them to, to make progress in their understanding and their living. Because as we've heard, the Corinthians were actually having just a few problems uh, in their church and in their understanding. And, and Paul, as he writes this letter, he wants them to really grow up, to, to kind of grow out of the way that the culture around was, was shaping them. Uh, and the section we're in at the moment in chapter 12, it, it began a chapter previously, it deals for the Corinthian church on, on how they're to be when they're together as a community. Have you ever heard that phrase, you know, you sometimes say it of friends or families or whatever, you say, well, they're good together. We say, don't we? We say of couples or of families, especially if we see them unguarded. You know, we don't mean that you know they're on their best behaviour. But you know, when you're 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 with them and they're hanging out and they're being themselves, and you think, yeah, you know, they're they're really good together, because how they are together kind of reveals how things really are in in their lives, as it were, what things are really like. Well, you know, it's the same for churches as they worship together, as they come together as communities. And you know, the Corinthians weren't very good together. <laughs> if you'd gone home from one of their meetings, their <laughs> gatherings, you wouldn't have said, they're good together. I think you'd have said, I don't know what's going on there. Lots of problems that they were facing. They were chaotic. They were divided. All kinds of things were going on that, that looked really bad to the surrounding people. They were behaving in, in all kinds of ways that, that really wasn't kind of pointing people to Jesus at all. And they were drifting away from some of the really key truths that they'd started with. And Paul writes to, to try and get them back on track. And in chapter 12, he, he's writing to answer some question they'd asked. At the beginning, you see that there, he's, the, the first words of, of chapter 12, now about, or uh, as it actually says, now concerning, now concerning about spiritual well, it actually says spirituals. So that doesn't mean he's going to talk about, you know, Negro spirituals as a kind of or gospel music. He's saying about, about spiritual stuff, about spiritual gifts. They, they'd written to him uh, and asked a question. Uh, and this phrase, when he says now about, uh, everyone who knows these things, kind of all the scholars agree, that, that he's referring to a previous letter, some questions they'd asked him. And they'd asked him about spiritual matters, about spiritual experiences about how they might know that they're really experiencing God's Holy Spirit in their meetings. And Paul is actually lining them up for chapter 14 when he's really going to hit the, the big issues that they face. But he's laying some important groundwork. 
And he, re- he starts by reminding them, as we saw last week, that, that they knew all about spiritual experience from their old ways of idol worship. And from that, they would have known that just because something super, is supernatural or seems supernatural doesn't mean that it's necessarily good. Doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit of God is necessarily at work in the experience. And as we saw last week, he, uh, the Holy Spirit will be pointing people towards Jesus. What's said under the influence of the Holy Spirit will be in line with truth about Jesus. It can be checked out. And indeed, as we come to chapter 14, we'll be finding out that it needs to be, and he encourages ways to do that. And we saw last week, Lou helpfully took us through uh, the early verses of this chapter, and we saw, first of all, that God is at work in their community, spiritual gifts, spiritual experiences coming together, knowing God's Holy Spirit working. It's about God working. It's also about him working in a huge variety of different ways, through different gifts, And it's about him working through each person, each believer in the community. Remember, as Lou said, there's no kind of back of the queue for knowing God's Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And uh, it's for the common good. God does these things to build up the rest of the body. And and at the end of that first section in in chapter chapter 12, verse 10, and so on, there's a whole list of different gifts that Paul talks about. But the big idea is that it's all from God. God works in communities by his Holy Spirit. In different ways, through everyone, he's at work for the common good. So we might be thinking, well, that's all right then. (laughs) There's no problem. If it's all up to God, if he's going to be doing things, then it's his matter. That's up to him that we can let him sort that all out. We'll just carry on as ever. Well, not quite. Because God works through people like us, human beings, through human behavior, with our expectations, with our baggage, with our motivations, with our sin. And sometimes that makes it a bit messy. It was certainly pretty messy in Corinth. They messed up big time, as we will see. Because for, for the Corinthians, it was all about one particular spiritual gift. So we see it in chapter 14. They were basically, everything was about the gift of tongues for them. No other spiritual gift mattered. The tongues were the tongues of angels. And, and if you had that gift, you were really on a, on a top level. Lots, and there was lots of ecstatic speech in their, in their congregations. Nothing else. And Paul's going to talk about that in chapter 14. They had messed up, really. But you know, we can be the opposite to the Corinthians, can't we? Some, some of us maybe can't cope with the idea of God actually doing anything at all. The idea that God might be living and active and touching people's lives and revealing truth and healing people or, or doing things. Well, you know, we, you know, we can go the other end of, of the spectrum to the Corinthians. So Paul helps the Corinthians in these chapters... And he's going to help us, I trust. Let's see what he actually says. Let's start by reading chapter 12, verse 12. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body... And whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. 
The first thing he says to these Corinthian believers is, we've been formed into one body. He starts talking about the body. Now, what's he talking about here? He's going to be talking about kind of normal human bodies, as we shall see, but he's, he's actually talking about more than that. Already, on two occasions in his letter, he's referred to um, the body, the community, the Corinthian community as a body. And here, he said, he, he makes it clear, he says, just like the body, so it is with Christ. He says, Christ's community is like a body, he says. He's not saying, you know, the people are Christ in that sense, but he's saying, you are Christ's people. It's actually a Jewish way of thinking that the Messiah, which is what Christ means, was at the kind of head of his community, his people. And as as Paul understood it and saw Jesus as the, the promised Messiah, the anointed one who would come, so connected with him are his people, his body. And here Paul is saying that that's what they are. They're like a body. Now, a body, he says, is very diverse. It's made up of many parts. They're all different, but they're all together, and it works. And he says, look, Corinthian community, that's how it should be for you. You've been formed into a body. And he goes on to explain how this has happened. He says, you've been baptized by one spirit. He says, you've all been given the spirit to drink. And he says, it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're Jews or Greeks, slave or free, all those divisions in the ancient world that divided people up into status groups and whatnot. He said, that doesn't make any difference. Your experience of God's Holy Spirit has brought you into this community. You've been formed into a body. Jesus talked about being born of the Spirit, didn't he? about how we can become spiritually alive, connected to him. In John chapter 1, it says uh, that people who believe in Jesus, who receive Jesus into their lives, are born of God. The word baptize means to immerse. We didn't baptize um, uh, Daniel this morning. They had a baptism. Another church used that. We've got a big tank under here for baptisms. When believers, people become believers, they're baptized. And they're immersed in water. That's what the word means in Greek. And Paul says here, look, look, you've received Jesus into your life. You've been immersed. You've been filled with God's life. The life of God, new life from God. The New Testament describes believers as being alive to God. So this this new community, this this group of Corinthians, he said, you've been formed into one body. So we're not a club. We're not just a bunch of individuals who happen to hold common beliefs and interests and get together to talk about them once a week or twice a week. We're a community that share the life of God. The Holy Spirit brings Jesus into our experience. We're like the prodigal son. You know the story of the prodigal son? What happened to him? He says, I'm going to go back to my father. I'm going to say, Father, I've sinned against heaven. I want to be back in your family. And do you know what? Remember what the father, how he described it? He says, this my son, he was dead. Now he's come alive again. We're like that. We're people who have come back to God. We're alive again. The Holy Spirit has brought us to life. We've got the life of God. And we're this community, this body, formed by God. Jesus once said that the new life he gave is like living water. In John 4, he said, if you believe in me, I'll give you living water. We're people who've drunk of that living water. 
And as it says here, we've been given the spirit to drink. Now, that's what the Corinthians are to be, says Paul. You're to be like that. That's what you are. That's what God's made you into. That's how you've been formed. That's how we're meant to be. Like a body. Lots of different bits connected to each other, but sharing a common life. That's how the body works. Sharing a common life in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who's given us this new life is at work among us as a community or wants to be or should be or that's how the Bible describes it in all those different ways that we thought about last week. Do we want to be like that? Is that how we want our community as a church to be? That's where spiritual gifts come in. (laughs) It's an expression of God's life among us. Expressed in all different ways. Well, let's read on to verse 14. Because he's going to talk about that what, what it's like being this body. Now, the body is not made up of one part, sorry, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So... We've thought about being formed into a body. Now Paul says, look, you are a diverse body. It's quite amusing. You're allowed to snigger, if you like. Jesus told jokes, and I think Paul's telling a few here. But He says, imagine the bits of the body being like characters, people, able to talk. And actually they start talking to themselves. It's how they're thinking. And we know how they're thinking, because um, the foot thinks to himself, I'm not a hand, so I don't belong here. I'm not in the body. And the ear is saying, well, I'm not an eye, so this isn't for me. I'm off. And Paul says, just because you think like that, you might think like that, but it's as daft as members of your body thinking like that. He says, whatever you think, you're still in the body. You should still be there. What you think about yourself, the self-talk doesn't change the reality. Because he's saying there is meant to be diversity in the body. And he tells a joke. I think it's a joke. Anyway, imagine if a body was all an eye, how would it hear? You get your imagination around that? If I was just an eye, I might see a lot, but I wouldn't be much good for anything else. Or he says, if, if the body... If the body were an ear, how would it smell? Well, the old Marx Brothers joke, you know, terrible. Because <laughs> it'd be full of wax and it couldn't wash itself. Anyway, we wouldn't, won't go down there. But the key thing is that Paul says in verse 18, look at verse 18. In fact, God has arranged, that's an important word, arranged the parts of the body. He's put them there because what God wants is diversity. That's what God wants in a body. That's how the body's meant to work. All the bits are meant to be different. 
I see a few medical students. We could go in for some uh, seminars on this afterwards if you want to. But, but everyone, I mean, you could give us the seminars, that is, not uh, you, me, you. Everyone just where he wants them to be. Now, isn't this how it should be in church communities? All those gifts, all those different ways God works, right here in the community where God has placed us. Paul is saying, be in the body. As you do self-taught, don't think, I don't belong here. But rejoice in being you. With your gifts, your knowledge of God. What God is touching your life in and, and what he's using you to do. Because as we saw last week, there's a whole variety of them, all given by God. And we mustn't make it look in our church community like certain gifts aren't welcome here. You know, some people might say, well, Portswood Church, they don't do healing. We do do healing. We want God to do healing. Or we don't do tongues, or we don't do this, or we don't do that. No, if we're going to be the diverse spiritual community, we want God to be at work in, in whatever way he wants to work, don't we? I think it's terrible, I don't know what you think, where you can be in a city like Southampton, you think, well, if you want teaching, you go to this church. Or if you want great praise and worship, you go to that church. Or if you want works of mercy and social action, you go to that church. If you want a prophetic sense, you go... This is, Paul is saying... God's intention is that the body should be diverse. Just think about it. Talk about it in house groups or whatever. So how do you think? How do we do this self-talk? Do we think about what we're not? Because I'm not such and such or not like so and so, because I don't have this gift, I don't belong here. I hope we don't think like that. Or do we think, God's put me here, I'm where he wants me to be. And I'll be what he wants me to be right here. Now let's read on, because there's more talking organs to come in verse 21. (laughs) The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, Every part rejoices with it. So more talking organs. But this time, they're not talking to themselves, thinking, I'm not this, so I'm not in the body. They're talking to each other. Did you notice that? There's a conversation going on. So the eye is saying to the hand, I don't need you. The head is saying to the feet, I don't need you. And Paul says, look, that would just be crazy in a body. Our bodies don't work like that. You know, it's no good. You know, if the head says to the feet, <laughs> I don't need you, <laughs> it's a bit of a problem. Some of us know what it's like when our feet don't work very well. Um, or as I, I find sometimes, I get arthritis, uh, rheumatoid arthritis or something in my feet. And, uh, you know, my head needs my feet. The rest of my body needs my feet to work well. Otherwise, I get really grumpy, uh, Mary can tell you that. 
And how mad good I am in my head, actually, my feet kind of uh, trumping it. That's my problem. Sorry, you can pray for me when that happens. <laughs> I've told you too much there. But anyway, Paul says, that's crazy. And what's more, again, he says, look at verse 24. That's how God has put the body together. God has combined the members. That's a lovely word in Greek. One of my favorite words, blended. God has blended the body together. They're all different, but they are. And he says, look, the weaker bits uh, are actually the, the most indispensable. What are weaker bits? Well, I don't know, but maybe bits inside. You think the liver. Think of your liver for a moment. <laughs> well, it's not very attractive, is it? You don't put it on display. You don't say, I wish I had a liver like yours, because I don't know what it's like. It's all soft and squidgy, isn't it? I mean, if you've got it out and stand it on it, it wouldn't even stand on the table. It would flop over. Can you get by without a liver? No, you can't. It's absolutely, crucially invaluable, isn't it, to our life. Paul is saying, you know, there's an interdependence. He goes a bit further. He says, look, the bits we hide away can turn out to be very special indeed. I'm not going to go there. (laughs) Although that's where Paul is going. (laughs) He's not... But, you know, I put in my notes, it's actually, don't go there. But, you know, I know (laughs) But you you see what he's saying? Those bits that are just, we don't present, are very special. So why has God put the body together like this? Verse 25, well, Paul tells us. So that there's no division but there is equal care. See, cancer, I guess, is what happens, sadly, when bits of the body go rogue, isn't it? It's not a good thing. There should be no division, but equal concern for each other. And Paul's talked to the Corinthians already about not being divided, hasn't he? He's talked about how they should care for each other. We saw all that business about the rich and the poor at communion, and how, what a dreadful thing that was. We've seen how he's encouraged them to, to honour each other. They may have different views on, on meat offered to idols and all of that kind of stuff. And as the Corinthians here, the body, there shouldn't be division, but there should be care for each other. If they hadn't got it already, they'd be thinking, oh, yeah, 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 Paul, we've, we've heard that before. He's talking about us, say the Corinthians. He's talking about us. God's word is about us. How it should be with us. We should be interdependent, suffering together, rejoicing together. Finally, let's read the last few verses, verse 27. Because here we read about God's gifts for the body. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. And in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But eagerly desire the greater gifts. He sums it up, doesn't he, clearly and simply. If the Corinthians hadn't got it so far, they're not going to miss it now. He says, you are the body of Christ. That's what you are. All I've said, says Paul, to you uh, uh, about the body, it applies to your community as a community of believers, to the Corinthians and to us. 
He then says again, as as, uh, Lou highlighted last week, each one of you is part of it. There's no exceptions. If you're a a believer in community with other believers, then we're all part of this. And he, he says, God has done this, because he goes on to talk about what God has placed. It says here, uh, God has appointed, first of all. Actually, appointed is not the right. It's the same word that's used earlier in the, in the passage about God placing people there. God kind of ordering it. God's, God's idea as to how it should work. And Paul lists out some of the different ways in which God's life is seen at work in the body by the Holy Spirit. And there's another list, rather like the list we had at the end of uh, the first uh, paragraph in chapter 12, verse 7 onwards. But it's interesting because it doesn't, it's not the same list. There are some in there that aren't in the other one. There are other lists around the New Testament of spiritual gifts and, and none of them quite match up. And it's almost as if the New Testament is saying, you know, this isn't an exclusive list. It's not the point that, you know, there's this number of the gifts and this is how they work and this is that. But, but that God is at work in a whole variety of ways through his people by the Holy Spirit. So I'm not going to go through all of them, uh, but just to, to highlight them. First of all, he says there are apostles. Now, why does he say first of all? Is this a hierarchy? Well, there's lots of kind of thought about that. Different people take different views. But at the very least, we know that the the, the 12 apostles, the 11 apostles plus plus Paul, were in a special place because they'd seen Jesus after the resurrection and their apostleship was out of that fact. He talked about that about himself in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. So if that's what he meant earlier in 1 Corinthians, it's probably what he means here. That the apostles that, that, as it were, took the words of Jesus and, and brought us the New Testament and all the other things, in a very real sense, they come first. They're, he says elsewhere, they're the foundation. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not a, a gift of apostleship around today. And, and again, some people would see that as people who start churches or people with that kind of pioneering ability. They're not like the 12 apostles. They don't have the authority that Paul had. But, but there's you know, people who are in at the kind of first level as a spiritual community gets going. That's what uh, apostles. Prophets. There'll be a lot more about that in 1 Corinthians 14. But people who bring God's word, what God says in a particular situation. God speaks through what these people say, prophets. Teachers, those who help us understand what God says in his word, how it gets into our lives. Now, those three are are people-type gifts. Gifts that come, as it were, wrapped up in in people. And uh, and obviously in the early church, there were apostles and prophets and teachers. There were people who said, yeah, he's an apostle, he's a prophet, he's a teacher. But then the list goes on. And and it's not, although the NIV translates it, um, do all work miracles. Actually, it goes on, it just says, uh, sorry, no, forgive me, uh, earlier on, verse uh, 28, uh, when it gets down to then workers of miracles. Actually, it doesn't say that in the original. It just says miracles like it did earlier on. And the same with healings, actually healings, miracles. And, and it may well be that what he's talking about are people who, you know, God's spirit gives them a, a gift to be able to do a miracle when it's needed. Not that they wander around, you know, forever in miracle doing mode. And same with healings. You know, people who, who when, you know, when it's needed, that's why we, as elders, we will pray with people and anoint people with oil. And we're praying that God will give us at that time uh, a gift of healing for that person. We look to God for that. And then there's administrators, those who help. That literally means those who share burdens. 
all the same. You know, there's no kind of, they're all what God does. Administration, that's not to do with uh, pieces of paper, but it's, uh, the word is used in modern Greek, same word, is used for the pilot of a plane, airline, you know, people who are uh, able to give a steer. You see, what Paul is saying is that this is how diversity is seen. This is how diversity works. This is how the interdependence is seen. This is how the interdependence works. These people using these gifts, they're all like the bits of the body. They're diverse, they're interdependent, they're formed by God, they're alive by the Holy Spirit. And Paul says, that's what I want you Corinthians to be, like that. They're all different. And as we see those questions in verse 29, what do you think the answer to those questions are? Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. He's stressing the fact that they're different different gifts, different people. Maybe, as I say, with miracles and healings and faith and, and words of knowledge, sometimes those, those gifts come when they're needed. You know, some people could be praying for you down there after the service and, and God might give them some insight into what to pray for just right there and then. And again, that doesn't mean that those people walk, walk around with a permanent hotline to God, able to kind of reveal mysteries of everybody's lives all the time. It just means God gives them a gift at that moment to be able to pray into your needs as they pray and wait upon the Lord. These gifts are to be found in different people. Not everybody does these things, but he says, you can desire the greater gifts. That's interesting, verse 31. I wonder what he means. We'll have to wait till chapter 14 to find out. We're diverse, aren't we, in many ways. As a church community, we're diverse. Many people will comment on how diverse we are in our makeup, and it's great. We want to celebrate that. But are we as diverse? Just a question. Does it happen in our church community? Are we diverse in the ways we want God to be working among us? Let's enjoy being a body. Let's enjoy and celebrate being formed by God, because we're alive to God. And if you're not, alive to God. If you haven't known the life of God in your life, then, you know, it's, why not ask him to give you that life, to receive him into your life and be part of it too. You can talk with guys afterwards about that if you want to or talk more or pray. So let's be a diverse body. Let's none of us say, I don't belong because I'm not such and such a thing. Let's be interdependent because we all need each other. Let's really desire God to work among us through as many spiritual gifts, as many workings, as many energies, as it says in the early part of chapter 12, as he is willing to give us. Let's be like that, shall we? For his glory. If you want to come afterwards to be prayed for, then the team will be here after the service. See, God works in these times as part of the whole. Let's uh, pray as the, we move on. Rachel will return and the band will get ready. Father, we pray that we may be the body that you want us to be. Lord, we thank you for the powerful truth that we've been formed by you. 
Lord, sometimes it, we don't feel much like that. But Lord, help us to live our lives dependent upon you. Lord, lift our, our faith to believe that, Lord, you want to be at work in our lives and through our lives in the lives of others. Lord, we pray that we may be a body that's diverse and that, that kind of reveals you at work through very many different people in very many different ways. Lord, may we live to your praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.